0: Hi, my name is Lindy, and I just wanted to say, welcome to Westmead. I'm so glad that you could be here, and I'm going to share a little scripture. So Romans 13.10 says that love does no wrong to others. So just remember that as long as you're loving on this person and loving and being kind, it'll only have positive outcomes. It can't do anything negative. Good morning, church family. Let's stand together as we bless the Lord. to the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, thanks guys. Good morning church family. Welcome home. It's good to see y'all. Hey, last week somebody was like, man, last week it was all this excitement stuff. I'm not done yet. I'm still excited. I'm still excited to get to see y'all and be here with y'all. And you know what? There's some of y'all, this is your first Sunday back. So welcome back. We're glad to have you guys here. Hopefully if you've been away. You've stayed connected through us online, uh, and if you weren't here last week, hopefully you, uh, you joined us online this week, even though we had a few technical difficulties last week, uh, because this morning, as we dive into God's Word, we're just going to pick back up where we left off last week and keep going forward. Y'all good with that? Okay. Like six of you are good with that. That's all right. There we go with that. Let's do it. Absolutely. Before we do, though, there are people here. Y'all know there are people here, right? I was sitting up there when we were when we were singing. I'm like, you know what? For some people, the way we have the sanctuary spaced out is perfect. Because now you really can sing and you don't have to worry about people hearing you. So there's no reason to be like, well, I can't I can't sing really good. Well there's nobody within six feet of you all the way around. You just let it rip. Nobody will ever hear you. It'll be good. But there are people here, and we did this last week. We're gonna do it again. Look around. Look around you. There are people here that you don't, you didn't get to say hey to. You look at them and you want to hug their neck. Wave at them. Wave at them. Make somebody feel welcome today. Now, last week, last week, a lot of our people in this service, like I I told our 11 o'clock service, those a lot of people in our 8 o'clock service last week, when I said that last week, y'all thought y'all were on like homecoming parade. Everybody just started waving around. They weren't even looking at people. They were just waving. Hey, find, look at people and say, hey, I, I miss you. Hey, you know, it's all good. So it's good to see each other. And just by the way, as we are in God's word, as we're uh, celebrating God musically through worship, if you see somebody and you make eye contact with them, it's okay to wave. You're not going to distract me or anybody else here. You're just sharing the love of Christ by being the church family together. Y'all look good today. And I'm glad y'all are here. We're going to have a great time In in the word today, does anybody know where we're going to be in God's word today? Nehemiah was last week, but Wednesday night in our live stream, uh, which by the way, somebody in this service on our live stream said, "How do we get on the roof?" Maybe we, Dave. Maybe we have church on the roof one Sunday. We're gonna have to all climb up ladders, but we'll figure it out, right? Y'all good with that? Perfect. We're not doing it ever again. Never, never. I'm just letting you know. We're gonna be in the book of Ezra this morning. Uh, which is right in front of Nehemiah. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I encourage you to turn to Ezra. We'll be there in just a few minutes. But just picking up where we left off last week, if you weren't able to join us online or if you weren't with us last week, fill in some gaps for me. Last week we talked about the Israelites during their time of exile. And most specifically where we looked at last week in the book of Nehemiah is when they returned from exile. And just, just to give you a quick recap, what happened was the Israelites, the Jews, the Hebrews, God's chosen people, had abandoned God. They had forgotten God. They had moved on. They had moved past God. And, and God had done multiple things to try to get their attention, to remind them that he was their God, that they were his people. And they were to rely on him and to go to him and to turn to him and to worship him. And they didn't. So God allowed the Babylonian Empire to rise up and invade Jerusalem. And upon doing so, Jerusalem and Judah, they took back with them to Babylon, their kingdom. They took back a lot of the Jewish people. There was actually three raids of Jerusalem. And in all three raids, they took people back. They took the Jews, the Israelites, back to their kingdom to put them into captivity. So we see this happen in the sense that they became part of this other culture. Uh, That exile lasted for like 70 years until the Persians rose up and then they conquered the Babylonians. And after a year of their reign, King Cyrus said, You know what? You guys can go back to your own lands. Babylonians had collected people from all over and he just said, Hey, y'all can go back to your own lands. When it came down to the Israelites, when it came down to the Jews, he said, Y'all go back to Jerusalem. And I encourage you while you go, when you get there, build a temple to honor the Lord your God. So now they are on their way back. They have returned back to Jerusalem to worship. And church, that is what they did. That's what we talked about last week. They went back, and when their exile ended, they worshiped. And we kind of drew the parallel of our little, and I do mean this literally, air quotes, mini exile, where we weren't allowed to be gathering in person for about nine weeks, although we still gathered. you 't know that, right? Just making sure. When our exile ended, I wanted us to try to learn from what happens when their exile ended. And their response was worship they returned to jerusalem because that's where god was in their minds that's where the world understood if you're going to worship the lord your god you're going to have to do that in jerusalem so they returned to jerusalem and they worshiped and we looked at we looked at us and we had to understand and and we talked about this last week worship is not about where we are we could have this whole place packed out with with six foot distancing of, of course We'd have this whole place packed out with people, and we still wouldn't even scratch the surface of worship if our hearts are not where they should be in in relation to our God. Y'all know that, right? Worship is not about where you are, it's about where your heart is. And what we mean by that is worship takes place in a lot of different areas. As believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we should be practicing worship in everything we do. It says in the word, whether you eat or whether you drink or whether you sleep, do it all for the glory of God. That's that's worship, giving him worth, giving him praise, giving him honor in whatever it is we do. So when we looked at the people last week when they returned from exile, we acknowledged that their return, the first thing they did in returning from exile was worship. And guess what we did last week? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Jackie. I'm glad somebody's paying attention. Yes, we worshiped. And hopefully all this week you worshipped as well. And whether you were here, whether you were online, you joined and we worshipped together. Even though we were in three, spread out across three different services and an online presence, we, the church, gathered last week and we worshipped together. But I want us to take it one step further because I want us to continue the study of the Israelite people during this time. And, 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 And not that their worship ended. But my question to, as I was studying was, but what did they do after they worshiped? Not that they stopped worshiping, but what was the next step? Church, we've got to always turn to God's word and seek his guidance based on what he has already done for what we are supposed to do next, how we take the next step. So we looked at God's word and how did they respond from the end of an exile, and then what was their next step? And that's what we're looking at today, as we talking about now that the work begins. So last week, as we talked about the Israelites, as well as we celebrated the return of being able to gather physically in person, it was related, you know, our, like we said, our exile was related to a virus, and it wasn't legit exile, but we were able to stay away because of a virus, and we still have to be very cautious in that church. You know, we're paying attention to what our governor, what our president is saying, uh, and even though we have been opened a few doors to take some steps forward, we need, still need to practice wisdom and patience, uh, that just because the doors are open doesn't mean need, we, need, we need to flood them. We just need to still be smart, but we need to be sensitive to the needs of those who are around us. But the return from exile for the Israelites, the return from our ability to not meet together to our ability to meet together, should indicate our response to worship. It's a recognition of how God in his faithfulness has not abandoned us or forsaked us. If you look in the Old Testament, when they came back to Jerusalem, they realized that God hadn't left them, that they were the ones who had abandoned God. And out of response to God still loving them and pursuing them with his love, they worshiped. It wasn't a fact that we missed nine weeks because we were being punished or anything. It was an opportunity for us to come back and we worshiped. Guys, this is a picture of the gospel of how God loves us. That because of our sin, we abandoned God. And people think, you know, it's easy to be like, no, no, just because you sin doesn't mean you abandon God. Yeah. When you talk about a holy, perfect God, how can His presence be in the presence of somebody who is pursuing sin? We abandon God because we want to chase after the things that captivate our hearts that we love. And in doing so, we're the ones who walk away from God, not Him that walks away from us, because He, in His grace and mercy, continues to pursue us and lavish us with His unfailing love, as it talks about in the book of Psalms. And this is the beautiful thing. This is why Jesus makes all the difference. Because Jesus, in his perfect life and death and resurrection, eliminates the penalty of sin for those who believe in him. It's the gospel. And we can't miss that, church. And for those of you in this room who profess Jesus as Lord, our daily response to the gospel should be worship in all that we do to worship the Lord. But we talked about worship last week, and I don't want to get bogged down. I want us to continue the story. So in Ezra chapter 3, in Ezra chapter 3, I invite you to turn there. We see uh, we see the group of Israelites came back. Not a whole lot of them came back. A very small percentage of the Israelites came back, and they worshiped. And after Their their formal worship service ended. They took the next step. And it begins in verse 8. And this is what we read in Ezra chapter 3 beginning in verse 8. It says, In the second month of the second year, after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josedach, and the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, those and all who had returned from captivity to Jerusalem, began the work. They appointed Levites, 20 years old and older, to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Joshua and his sons and brothers, and Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of Hodaviah, and the sons of hinadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites, joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests, in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols, took their places to praise the Lord and prescribed by David's king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. So we see the Israelites return from captivity. You see them go back to Jerusalem. You see them have their worship service. And what was the next step, church? They got to work. They got to work. Church, it's easy for us to sit here this morning, and whether it's your second Sunday back or your first Sunday back, it's easy for us to sit here and be so celebratory, and we should always be celebratory of the privilege of meeting together. Hopefully, we learn that. But it's easy for us to sit here and be like, we're back. We're here. Look, this is what's going on. Oh, I just hope they sing my favorite song. Oh, I can't wait to see who else shows up. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Oh, it's just so good to be here. It's easy for us to take that mentality isn't it just to finally get what we've missed for so long but church if we look at God's word what did the Israelites do they didn't get back to Jerusalem and be like oh this place is in shambles just like we left it but it's so good to be back wow y'all remember when the temple was over there gosh that was so much fun it is so good to be back in Jerusalem that wasn't their attitude they worshiped God for his faithfulness And then they got back to work. Well, why did the Israelites get back to work at rebuilding the temple? You ever thought about it? They got back to work to rebuild the temple so they could worship, yes. But they wanted to rebuild the temple so that others could worship too. They didn't go back to Jerusalem and just think like, I've missed this. Look at it. This is what I want to get out of it. And this is all. It wasn't about what they wanted. They recognized that now we have the privilege of not just returning to worship, but to rebuild a temple so that the generations, those that come behind us, those that are still in captivity, those who have chosen not to come back, maybe one day they will come back. And when they come back, we want to make sure that they too have a place, that they have an opportunity to worship. Why did the Israelites build it? For others to worship. Why this morning are we talking about. Man it's just so good to be back at church. I'm still getting used to this. This is true church. But we've got to recognize that it's time for us to get back to work. Why? Because the gospel is worth it. It's not just about getting back to our comfort level and one day they're going to take that piece of tape off of my pew. We can't make it about what we want. We have to come back and get back to work to recognize that the gospel is worth it because other people still need to recognize and learn of the God that loves them so that they too can worship Him. And when I say work, I'm not saying to so everybody next week, bring your hammer and we're going to fix the, fix the pews up to be something. But what I'm talking about is working for the gospel. To recognize the urgency of what God has called us to do. Because regardless of a pandemic, are we not still a church commanded to live biblically? Are we? And the gospel is what the commission was about. When Jesus said his last words on earth was like, hey guys, this is what I want you to do. I'm fixing to go up here, but this is your job. Go and proclaim the gospel. Make disciples. Make disciples baptize those help them understand who god is and how he loves them wasn't that what jesus told us to do he didn't say but if there's a pandemic you guys take the take the week off if there's a pandemic when you get to come back to church why don't you take the summer and just enjoy getting acquainted with your pew and then get back to work no it doesn't matter the condition of the world because god knows his people because he poured his spirit into them and in doing so he says there's still work to be done Church, there's still work for us to do because the gospel is worth it. So I want us to look at this passage of scripture and I want us to answer the question, how did they work? The first thing we know that when we look at this, how did they work? The first thing that is clearly emphasized here is they all worked together. They all worked together. Even when they were apart, they all worked together. So, so in this context, we have two main figureheads. We have Zerubbabel. Everybody say Zerubbabel. Yeah, see, now you're like, man, he says that funny. Did you hear how you just said it? And some of y'all are like, I'm wearing my mask. He can't even see my lips moving. I didn't say it. God knows your heart, all right? So you're going to have to pray about that. I'm kidding. Zerubbabel and Joshua, the kind of the two main figureheads. Zerubbabel was the leader. Joshua was kind of the head priest. And this is different from the Joshua that the book of the Bible is named after. Different Joshua, Okay. So they were the leaders of this first faction of people that came back into Jerusalem. They were the leaders. And what did they do? It says that they started, uh, I just lost the word. It says that they started, uh, where's my word? Delegating. That's the word. They started delegating jobs. Because Zerubbabel being the leader and Joshua being the head priest, they weren't going to go and build it all themselves. It was like, hey guys, it's time for all of us to work together. And there were different people. There were builders. There were priests. There were musicians. And you're sitting there thinking, musicians, priests, how are they builders? They all participated because they all had a role to play. Church, what does the New Testament say about every believer in Jesus Christ? They all have a role to play. And why do they all have a role to play? Because each one is uniquely gifted and created in a unique way to reach others that not everyone else can And when we all come together and all our uniquities and all of our differences it makes up something called the body of Christ. So what do we see them do? They all work together. They all jumped in. They all served. They wanted to build the same thing. A house of worship. They wanted to rebuild a temple so that they could worship and that others that come behind them can worship. Church, this is what we need to do in response to God's faithfulness. Is respond to His faithfulness with our faithfulness to recognize that there's still work to be done for the gospel of Jesus to be made great in Morgan County through the people that congregate at Westmead. Y'all know who some of my superheroes are? Our volunteers. We have some amazing volunteers. Last Sunday, this Sunday, there's still opportunities next Sunday for people to volunteer. Our volunteers are amazing. We have greeters, we have ushers, we have security team. Y'all know we've got people right now Hanging out in the hallways outside of the bathrooms because their job as a volunteer is that if anybody goes in the bathroom, when they come back out, to go in behind them and wipe down every handle, every countertop, every door stall, everything. We have volunteers right now waiting to do that. The minute we say amen and we all kind of leave out of here in just a few minutes we're not going to be out of the room before you're going to see these doors open and probably these doors and you're going to see a flood of volunteers westmead baptist church church people come in here with spray bottles and rags and they're going to start cleaning every single one of these pews that pew over there that no one's sitting in they're going to clean that one too why because they just want to serve so others can worship it is a beautiful picture of people serving people recognizing you know what i i want to i want to help i want to serve Why? So that others can worship and they don't have to worry about anything else around them so they can focus on the Lord. I love that mentality. And that's just a a glimpse of what we're called to do. And I'm not saying, when I'm talking about getting back to work, I'm not saying, well, what day is the church open this week? I'll come up there. No, what I'm saying is it's just a microcosm of the bigger picture of what we're called to do. To go about our work doing what God has called us to do and proclaiming and spreading the gospel. Why? So that others would see, know, and hear the love of Jesus through us. This is what they did here in the Old Testament. They worked together. We have to recognize that where we are is where God has placed us for his glory. For us to worship through our work and reaching others with the gospel. Where we work, where we live, the neighbors that we have, The families that God has given us. These are the mission fields that God has uniquely gifted you with and places that he has put you in so that we can worship him by how we serve him by proclaiming the gospel for all to see and hear. This is the beauty of what God has given us. So the first thing we see in how they got back to work was they all worked together. The second thing we see here, how did they go back to work? They kept their focus on the Lord. Did y'all read that? When we're reading this, as they got back to work, verse 10, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple, the priests in their vestments with trumpets and the Levites with cymbals took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by, David's king, by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. Guys, they just laid the foundation and they say, pause, let's go have some worship time. They focused on the Lord. Everyone was doing their part And when they got to this place, they came back to the Lord. Why is this so important in this text? I'll tell you why. Because this is the same group of people that were in exile because they had abandoned God. So when it's talking about they got back to work and gave God worship in how they worked, this is kind of pretty significant for them because they said, hey, kind of like, huddle, guys. All right, guys, hey, remember last time we abandoned God and we we were put in exile because... God wanted to teach us a lesson. I learned my lesson. And everything we do, we're going to give God the credit for it. We're going to give God the glory for it. We're going to keep our focus on him. So every step they took when they completed that step, they stopped what they were doing to worship the Lord. They kept their focus on why they were doing what they were doing. Have you ever been there? Whether it was in your vocation or whether it was like a project at the house, you just kind of forgot, why are we doing this? Anybody ever done that? Raise your hand if you've ever done that. This is kind of in the middle of something, and you're just like, well, what's the point of all this? Greg Dobbs has never done that before because he is a man on a mission and lives that way. I'm so thankful. Specifically, that honey-do list never loses track. Just all dialed in. I love it. We all kind of get sidetracked. Sometimes we forget, why are we doing what we're doing? What's the grand picture? What's the big picture? What's the point of doing all this? These people were intentional to make sure that that didn't become them again. They wanted to know why they were doing what they were doing. In verse 11, it talks about right here that they gave credit and praise to the Lord as they went about doing it. They rejoiced at the laid foundation and they celebrated the victory. You know, celebrating victories is a pretty big thing right here at Westmead. We we love celebrating victories here. Y'all know that. We finish small groups, and this year was a little bit different when we finished small groups. But last year, every year when we finish small groups, those hosts, those small group homes, what do they do? They get together one more time and share a meal together and celebrate the ending of small not that small groups are over they celebrate what they've accomplished we get done with life classes and when we have those on wednesday nights what do we do at the end of it we celebrate we get done with a sunday school year particularly for those who are, are transitioning into a new guy and we celebrate we celebrate victories here church we should celebrate victories but do you know why we should celebrate victories within the church so that we can give credit and glory to where it's due and that is god When we get done with our small groups, it's not like, yay, we're done, look how good we did, look how far we went. No, when we get done with things, we should always stop and be like, wow, God, thank you for your faithfulness to show us and walk us through your word so that now we know how to go and live it even more effectively than when we started. The victories they celebrated was celebrating not themselves, but they were celebrating the faithfulness of God to lead them through every single victory they had. In this case, laying of the foundation. Church, we should be the same way. Because the more we celebrate what God is doing, the more we are going to be held accountable to lean and trust in him. The more we give him credit for the things that we accomplish, not because of what we've done, but because of his faithfulness, the more we recognize, you know what, this wouldn't be possible without God. You know what, on May 24th, 2020, we wouldn't be sitting in this room if it wasn't for what God has done. We've got to continually go back to giving God worship and praise and glory for every victory in our life, church. And you know what? Some of the victories we need to give God thanks for are things that maybe we don't get excited about celebrating. But when God brings us through a season or a difficult time or even a marvelous victorious time, we should stop and we should say, God, thank you. For your faithfulness saw me through. And I know because you've done this, I know what you're about to do. This is why they celebrate it. God, thank you for what you have done in restoring us and returning us. Thank you for what you've done for giving us the strength in the people to lay the foundation. God, we praise and we worship you. And they even wrote a song. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. I mean, they might not be been good songwriters, but they wrote a song. It wasn't very long, but it said the point. Church, we can't get caught up on what we've done, what we can do, what we used to do. We've got to give back. Glory and credit to what God has done. Which leads us to our third point. The third thing, how did they work? They, however, didn't know where to look. But Justin, when you do three-point sermon, all three points should be very positive and moving. This one's not exactly awesome, but we could learn from it. Look at verses 12 and 13. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple, temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. What was so crazy, it says, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise. Let me ask you a question. Were they all looking at the same foundation that had been laid? Yes. They were all participated in building that foundation? Yes. So why was there two completely different responses? We'll get to that in just a minute. It's Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow's Memorial Day, and and we have one-hour services. We have three services, and we're trying to move through in a timely fashion. I'm already over my time. But Memorial Day is a day. It's a holiday. It's a day where we stop, we pause, we take the day off of work, and we think back and we remember the men and women, the heroes who laid down their lives, who willingly sacrificed so that we could enjoy and do basically what we're doing right here, right now. Memorial Day is a time where we celebrate the sacrifice of others. There is a mourning part of that. And if you've had someone in your family who who went to war, went to conflict and never returned home, there's there's a deep sense of gratitude and a deep sense of personal mourning that takes place there. And I'm thankful. We are all thankful for the men and women who paid the ultimate price. That's what Memorial Day is all about. But don't we call it a holiday because while we mourn their loss, we are thankful at the victory they earned in that loss? Isn't it a Memorial Day something that we're proud to celebrate and proud to remember because not just of the the sadness of their sacrifice, and we can't look past that, church, but these men and women, they laid down their life because they believed in a hope for a better future for those who would come behind them, didn't they? Isn't that ultimately why they went and why they served? For something bigger than themselves? So while we look at Memorial Day and we think back and we're like, man, it's kind of sad and it's heavy what they endured, but it's also kind of something that we celebrate for those men and women that believed in something that we get to benefit from today, our freedom. This is what Memorial Day is, right? This is exactly what these people were dealing with on a different level. You see, half of the people, when they saw the finished foundation, they started crying, they started weeping, they started shouting, it doesn't look as good as it used to. And then you have the other half of the people that saw something. Why? They were looking at the same thing. Here's the thing. Half of the people looked at what used to be and were sad. And half of the people looked at what could be and were rejoicing. Westmead, when we talk about getting back to work, where are we going to look? What are we going to fix our eyes on? Are we going to gather and we think about the future of Westmead and we ask God what he wants to do as long as it's in line with what we used to do or who we used to be or how we used to do it? Because the truth of the matter is we can't go back to what we were. We're a people that have to recognize where God is leading us. So we can sit back and look how it used to be. We can think forward and think of what it could be. What will we be, church, as we talk about getting back to work? Do we sit back and be like, well, we we don't do this anymore. There's some kid behind the pulpit now. We used to have reputable pastors. Thanks for laughing, by the way. (laughs) If it was like deathly sign, I'd be like, oh, I hit a nerve. Or do we look back and say, And we're seeing some pretty amazing things at Westmead. I wonder what God wants to do in Morgan County through our church family. We could sit back and be sad, or we could look to the future and think about the example of those who have gone before us and the example they set from our charter members to people who've come and gone in this church to people who are no longer alive that were a part of our church family that set us up to continue to do ministry the way God has called us to do ministry and look forward to what God has for us in the future. Where are we going to look, church? Well, Justin, where are we supposed to look? I'm glad you asked. If we're going to get to work building a kingdom that is not our own, then we all need to start from the same place, don't we? After all, these people, they had different jobs. They were in different places, but they all started from the same place, didn't they? Church, this morning, I want to submit to you the place where we all begin. The place where we as Westmead start. This is the why we're doing what we're going to do. And I'm going to ask you to put it up on the screen. This is what I'm asking. That Westmead is a people who love Jesus and obey God's word so that the gospel will spread through us for all to see and hear. Westmead is a people who love Jesus and obey God's word so that the gospel will spread through us for all to see and hear. You know, a few months ago, I stood in this pulpit and we preached a sermon called Clear Vision 2020. It was so clever, it wasn't. If you would have looked at me and been like, hey, that's a great sermon, that's real cute, Justin. You know, you're going to miss nine Sundays in a row. I wouldn't have believed you. Probably none of us would have believed it either. You know, the truth of the matter is we can't predict the future, church. We have no idea. You know what? By the end of this year, we might miss nine more because of a pandemic. Who knows what's going to happen? We can't control what's going to happen. But what we can control is who we choose to be. That regardless of what the world does, what the world changes, what the world becomes, we are still a people who love Jesus and obey God's word so that the gospel will spread through us for all to see and hear. That, if we, that's who we become, if that's where we start, if that's where we say, hey, that's where the work starts for our church, then whatever happens doesn't change us. We change whatever happens. That's the people God has called us to be. So I submit to you that from this day forward, as we continue to build the kingdom of God, that everything we do is going to flow from that identity statement of who we are. Why? Because even the Israelites had to get back to who they were. It wasn't what they were supposed to do. What they did came out of an overflow of who they were. And they came back to who God is. In order for them to worship, and in order for others to worship as well. Church, Westmead is a people. that loves Jesus and obeys God's word so that the gospel will spread through us for all to see and hear. It's time to get to work. And we know where to start. Why? Because the gospel's worth it. i I pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the privilege we have today of meeting, of celebrating your word and acknowledging his truth. But God, may we not give lip service. But God, may we truly be a changed people because of Jesus. And because of Jesus and because of the change that is continuing to transform our lives because of Jesus, that others would have the privilege of coming into a relationship with God in order to worship Him, to recognize a love they've never known, to understand they are loved in a way that they have never known. May this be a place that builds a kingdom that reaches out. Father, that you would use us that we would celebrate every step along the way of of your hand at work, not of what we've done, but what what you have done and who you are, and that you would be glorified in this place. That even long after every single one of us in this room are no longer here, that the kingdom is still being built from the people at Westmead. Find us faithful, God. Open our eyes at the work that is yet to be done around us, and may we see our place in it For your kingdom's sake. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. As we stand this morning, if there's anything on your mind, if there's something that you just need prayer over, if you want to pursue Jesus and wonder what that's about, then I invite you in just a few minutes as we start singing. Terrence is over here. Ben is on this side. That if God's prompting your heart to respond outside of your pew, just, just come to Terrence. Come to Ben. They'll lead you around in the back hallway and just pray with you and then listen to you and counsel you in whatever way God's leading. But this morning, church, may we not ignore the work that God's doing in our own lives before He works through us. Let's sing as we respond. Lord, I come. Good to see you guys this morning. One quick announcement for two quick announcements for you before we leave. Tonight begins our new Sunday night series called Ask the Staff. And uh, it's an opportunity that's going to be online at 6 o'clock tonight that you can go. We're going to be answering questions about God's Word. If you have questions, email us. Uh, We would love to know that uh, we can walk through God's Word together. On your way out. There's a bucket. Uh, If you have your tithes and offerings and would like to give those, you can give those there. We have ushers that are keeping an eye on it. But we thank you for worshiping with us today. We're fixing to clean it up and do it in 30 minutes. But what I'm going to ask, as you depart this morning, please be mindful that if somebody's in the aisle, let them pass before you come out. We don't want to kind of log jam our doors or anything. Uh, And let's just head on out to our parking lot and have a great Sunday. Happy Memorial Day. Love you. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you all soon. Amen.